So you've lost your voice and I got mine back a wee bit. Yay! Yay! Which is so a wee a wee bit, a wee bit. So which is really, really exciting. But we have absolutely loved having guests, have hearing people's stories um, over the past couple of days. And we have another who enjoyed Ross and Ben last night? Come on! They were epic. Um, and we have another amazing guest with us tonight who's going to be sharing his story. So can we welcome Glenn to the stage? Come on, Glenn. Thank you. Brilliant. And we get lovely, nice chairs, which is nice as well. Don't know if you can still see me, though, because I am quite small. Yeah, you can still see me. Okay, great. That's perfect. All right, Glenn, lovely to have you at Summer Madness 2023. Yes, it is so great to have you here. Tell us, no, no, no one here I think knows you. So tell us a wee bit about yourself. Where are you from? What does a normal week look like for you? So it's great to be here. That was an amazing opening. Like couldn't have started any better. My name's Glenn McCauley. I come from a place that some people might know called the Shangle Road in Belfast. It's good to hear. Some fans out there, Got some Glenn. home fans in today. But uh, no, a normal week uh, looks for me. Uh, I actually work for Belfast City Council. It sounds a bit strange, but I put on bins each and every day for yes. Belfast City Council. <laughs> Love it. So anybody that's from Belfast, you might see me randomly walking up your street one day with a bin, but I'm just emptying it for you, don't worry. But uh, I have, well, when the wife and... Yeah. Yes, I have a wife called Esther. I have a beautiful daughter called Alea, who's four. And I also have another daughter on the way. So you can picture what our house is like during the week. It's crazy. Alea's running about up the chaos. I literally tidy the house. Alea racks it. So that's basically, I spend my time each week running after Alea and tidying up the house. I do have, do have one question. Are you one of those bin men that if we forget to put our bin out and we come chasing you down the street with our bin, will you let, will you t- empty it for us? Unfortunately, I run away. <gasps> I jump in the lorry and make sure the lorry can leave the street as quick as possible. That's brutal. Absolutely brutal. But we'll forgive you. We love you anyway. It's all right. It's all right. So we have some photos of you growing up. Um, we're going to show some photos of you as a teenager. Tell us a wee bit about what was life like. There he is. That was a crazy was it, photo. Was it sunny or were they? Were you just wearing them for the fun? No, it was because we're actually heading to a concert and back ah. in we thought it was cool to wear sunglasses, look okay. cool. But So tell us a wee bit about yourself growing up. What did life look like? So growing up, I started off as a young boy. My mum was actually a Christian. So as you can imagine with so many kids here, I'm sure that parents encouraged to go to church, go to Sunday school, so that's what my day-to-day looked like as a kid. It was Sunday school, it was BB, it was clubs during the week that was in Christ- or in like Christian churches in around our area, and I always grew up with that side of things, so it wasn't too bad growing up. Growing up, I was always taught the right way, I was always taught the simple things like have manners, and Growing up was amazing and enjoy going to BB because you got to play football first and foremost. Like, but then they did bring in a rule that the play for the football team, you had to go to the Bible class on a Sunday, and that was a stumbling block for me. I thought there's not a chance I'm going to Bible class on a Sunday. I'm not going to get on the football team. But most weeks I did go to Bible class on a Sunday, and I was pretending I wasn't listening. I was pretending to sleep at the back, but. 
deep down inside the verses and stuff that baby leaders were teaching me, it was all going in at yeah. that time. So there was some input there from your mom, from baby leaders, and you were kind of listening to things, but then your life kind of took a different path. What, what kind of happened there as you went into your teenage years? My changing path was I met a new bunch of friends from the ones that I was running about with, and them friends was going a direction in life and a path in life where really led to destruction. I got myself at such a young age from about 14, 13, 14. I got involved with smoking and when hanging out with friends, we thought the cool thing to do was, oh, come on, we'll have a smoke. And that smoking cigarettes led on to like smoking grass and led on to so much other things like uh, cocaine and different ecstasy tablets. Like we, we just got ourselves so caught up in drugs that was scary that we thought this was our path in life. We thought this is what living looked like. But deep down inside, it got me caught up in a drug addiction. I got caught up leading on from that in a gambling addiction because I owed out so much money for drugs. I couldn't actually afford that debt that I had eaten every week. But I thought the great idea would be was to start gambling. And if I gambled the money and win so much money, I would be able to pay my dad off. But yet again, like every other choice that I'd made at that time, just kept spiraling out of control and was chaos. Yeah. Crazy. So you're in the middle of chaos, just facing so many difficult decisions and not maybe not knowing where to go with that. And this week we have been looking at how God has the power to change. And specifically tonight we're looking at how God has the power to change our path. So there was a moment in your life where God stepped in and completely changed the path, the direction that you were going in. Do you want to share with us a bit about, about that moment when God intervened? Yes, certainly. Uh, the divine moment for me was one night I found myself in the house and I had been suffering with real bad mental health at this stage. Like, as you can imagine, having a gambling addiction, having a drug addiction, my mental health had just completely deteriorated and was out of control. And I started to hear voices in my head and it was evil voices that was encouraging me there's for some people it says that new belfast there's at the bottom of shackle road there's a bridge called peter's hill bridge and this voice began to tell me that all my debt and all my pain would be gone if i went and threw myself off this bridge so i was gullible enough and i started to listen to this voice and i left the house and walked down to this bridge and literally found myself on top of a bridge to commit suicide and i never in my life thought that i was going to end up like somewhere like this and I remember that night just sitting staring at the motorway there was no cars because it was a Monday night leading into a Tuesday morning and it was like 2 o'clock in the morning or so so as you can imagine there was, it, the place was deserted and I did hear a voice speaking to me and a voice directing me and telling me that not to do this and to go to a friend's house and uh, we don't have the time to get into the full story but there was just so much happened that night that I believe that the enemy the devil was encouraging me the best outcome for my life was to just commit suicide and to give up and and then the voice that I did hear while on the bridge staring at the motorway I believe now was God was saying listen this is not the outcome of your life this isn't what I created you to be you need to make a change in your path here and this change in path could lead you to so much better things than where you're sitting now and with the addictions and with the mental health issues that you have I can help you with them and that was a real divine moment for me hearing that voice and getting that confirmation from God that this isn't who I was created to be 
And even throughout this morning, we were talking about how God has the power to change our perspective. And we touched a bit on mental health and just the impact that that can have on our life and how that can change how we view ourselves, how we view the people around us and we view our life. And made for more, obviously we're doing the seminar here today. Um, and I hope some of you guys went to that because it's really important yeah. that actually you seek help for if you're having those thoughts. <clears throat> but for you, it was this moment where yeah. God stepped in, where he spoke to you, where he redirected you yeah. on your path and saved your life that night, really. Yeah. like. Yeah completely saved your life that night. But then as we look kind of forward then for the next kind of few years, did everything change? Suddenly was it this extreme change or what, what was the kind of steps in that that continued to, to God intervene more? What happened there? So just to touch on what Allah said there, I didn't actually make that choice to commit my life to God, even though you think looking back now, like that was amazing. That was this big divine moment. I didn't trust God from that point. I, I didn't even believe at that stage that there was a God. Like I didn't, this whole concept, to, to be open and honest, I had this concept that God was just a big person in the sky that everybody worshiped and prayed to. And he just gives you everything you want. But I didn't even have this sense of belief in God. And it wasn't until another moment actually took place about three months later where I was at a party with friends. We were taking drugs and just getting up to no good at this party. And I remember just having this sense of death come over me that I felt like I wasn't going to leave that party. I felt that this was my time to die. And I remember explaining this to my friends. And as you can picture, they were completely confused and baffled. It was like, what? You're going to die? And I was like, I'm telling you, I'm going to die. I feel it here. And they says, go in and lie down. I went in and lied down in the room and just, just a briefly sum it all up but when I lied down I did see a vision I didn't know at this time what a dream or a vision was until I looked back at it years later but I seen myself on a ventilator in a life support machine in the ICU ward in a hospital and I remember just looking down and seeing all these different tubes coming from me and I was connected up to all these machines and I remember just in that moment it was as if God was saying to me this is your outcome the choices that you're making in your life, the choices that you're choosing this path, this is where it's going to lead you to. It's time to change. It's time to get off this path and to redirect your path is basically the theme is tonight. And I just felt in that moment that God was saying, listen, this is going to be your outcome. And in this dream, I remember hearing Cran and looking at the bottom of the bed and it was my mom and my younger sister, Nadia, who was standing at the bottom of the bed in the dream. And I remember just them seeing me in that moment the way I was and, it felt so real. I was like, there was a maid in my dream called Marcus as well. And he, he says to me, like, are you okay? And I says, no, tell my mommy and sister to get out of the room. And just, it was just chaos for me in my mind. Like, my mind was just filling all the blanks in. And it was like, this is out of control here. I need to change. I believe this is God showing me. It's your time to change. And it was a, the second to find a moment which led me on to going to church a couple of months later. So tell us a bit about that experience then of, of starting to go to church, starting to explore what does that mean to follow God? To be honest again, like I had this concept that church was just filled with crazy people. I, I says, I'm, there's no way I'm going to church. Like every kind of is a wee bit. It is. I've experienced that today. <laughs> like you can see from us guys in the front, a, we just love to have fun. 
it's a good sort of crazy. But I always had this concept that like church was just filled with crazy people, and I don't want to be going there. Like them people are headers, but yet that I know it was me and my mates were the headers, and the church was actually sensible. But I went to church one night on the ninth of April, twenty seventeen. No intentions to become a Christian. I was just going to keep my mommy and sister happy because they were Christians and went to church and stuff. And I says, ah, oh, yes, I'll go with you. And that night I heard a message and it was a girl called Rebecca who preached the message that night. And she said she had this like school bags on her back and she was weighed down as she walked across the stage. And I remember just saying that there's someone in the room tonight and this is the way you're walking through your life at the minute. You're weighed down with sin, shame, guilt and all these bags are just carrying you. And when you're down, you can leave your bag at the foot of the cross tonight and you can be free from it. And I remember just, she'd done an appeal at the end and it was like, if anybody wants to give their life to Jesus and before I knew it, before even realising, my hand was up and I was like, what, what am I doing? I haven't thought about this. Like, I don't know what it looks like. How do I tell my friends and everything else just... But it was the best decision that I have honestly made from 2017 still now to this time. Absolutely incredible and it's transformed and changed my life. Yeah, that that is amazing. You came came to that place where you know God was speaking to you. You didn't even know that it was God at the time, but God was speaking to you. God saved your life. God showed you these visions of what your life could become, but actually, what God wanted your life to become. So you made that commitment. You decided, God, I want to follow you. But then, what has happened in your path? What? How has your path changed? How has God changed that path for you? What What does life look like now? So I was always the guy who was walking up and down the street with my hood up, didn't want to communicate with anybody, didn't even want to speak to anybody at all. And everybody always says, look at him. You don't want to run about with him. No, like saying to my friends and stuff, you don't want to be with a guy like that. He's going nowhere in life. There's no hope for him. He's never going to change. When I look back now at that moment, I couldn't see myself changing. But so much has changed. I have went on the, I belong to Living Hope Belfast Church on the Shankle Road there itself. And I now run a youth drop-in, which I'm wearing tonight, Ed's drop-in. And we have an amazing opportunity there. And I just head up a group of leaders who just opens up the doors on a Wednesday evening for a younger group and an older group. And just so much going on there. And being able to head that team up is just incredible. I have got married and met my wife, Esther, in... We met back three years ago. We were then married August last year. We got married and I never thought I would ever get a house. I got, we got a mortgage last year in March when I have our own house. And as I said, I have a daughter, Alea, And also me and Esther has another daughter on the way here, which is due in September. And just so much other stuff like that I'm, I'm trying to actually comprehend everything that's happened. And such. We, have, we have a photo of you actually getting baptized. The night you got baptized as yeah. well. You want to... Done, yeah. Yeah, so as you can see in the photo, like this is obviously me at the front, and the guy standing behind me, the guy that looks scurry and daunting, that's actually my daddy. He later got saved. I got saved in 2017. My daddy was somebody who was completely against church and God, and I don't want to be anywhere near that place. He got saved two years later. He actually spent two years watching me to see if there was any change or any difference in my life, and then on the 26th of March 2019, my daddy got saved and it was just a privilege that night just to share the stage with him to get baptised together it was incredible amazing wow that's amazing and even you went on there to get some training qualifications too and um, another photo of you completing a course do you want to tell us a bit about that so 
as you can see here, this was an organisation called CCI uh, that works closely with our church. We would be in partnership with those guys and it was just an opportunity to come up and the pastor said, listen, what are you doing running youth dropping and stuff? We'd love you to check out this course. I went on to do two years at CCI where I got a diploma with distinction in leadership and ministry. Wow. I was a guy that at school <clears throat> didn't want to sit and do homework, never mind going on to write essays and do like a qualification yeah. in leadership and ministry. So it, I can see God in so much stuff in my life where stuff where I never had any ambitions for. And now starting to go on to learn more, develop yeah. more, and it's just amazing what God has done to yeah. change that, like make well, that transformation in my life. And I think even from speaking to you a few weeks ago as well, just the change that there's been in your life, and even the stories you shared of previous youth workers that wouldn't even dare to have taken you on a trip, yeah. and now you're leading a youth group. Like how amazing is that? And you guys are here, the experience your youth workers bringing news on this camp. Um, because they believe in you and they love you and they believe that God can change your lives and he has that part of change. And that is so obvious that it's been for you that God has changed that part. So just to finish up, what would you say to people here tonight who are thinking, like, I can't change. And what about the people around me? Like, what would they think? What would they think of me if I, if I made that decision to follow God? So just basically, like, with me, my stumbling block, my wedge in there was friends. I always said to myself, like, I would love to become a Christian, like, one day. But what would my friends say? Like, I came from a big circle of friends where we, as I said, we were doing drugs, doing everything else. And I thought, if I make a decision, I then have to go and start explaining myself to every friend in my circle. But that night when I put my hands up, it was completely different. Like, I didn't have to explain anything to anybody. It was it was my decision. And what I would say to people in here on, on that basis is don't let your friends hold you back. Like, God has so much plans and so much in store for each and every person in the room. There's no one in the room tonight that's excluded from God's purpose and God's plan in your life. And don't let friends hold that back. Like, one day you will have to stand before God himself. And you can't say, I was going to do it, sure, but my mate stopped me. Don't even give that opportunity. Don't let friends hold you back yeah. and just make that step. Yeah. Glenn, thank you so much. It's been amazing just hearing you share of that change and actually then getting to celebrate all the amazing things that God has done in your life. So thank you so much for sharing, for sharing with us. Can we give Glenn a round of applause? Thank you, Glenn. Yes, Glenn, thank you so much for coming and sharing that. Um, I'm sure that definitely spoke to a lot of, a lot of the guys in the room. Well, what a, what a great night um, it's been in here. Um, thank you so much for coming. I just want to share um, a few little thoughts with you tonight. Um, actually, one thing that I love, any fans of uh, roller coasters in here? Any roller coasters? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, love, um, I love a good roller coaster. I have been on... Um, some that have gone from zero to um, like 80 miles an hour in like 2.8 seconds. I've been on some that have gone over the top of crocodiles. I've been on some that have like had a complete vertical drop. Uh, but there was this one roller coaster I was on, and um, I'd never been on a roller coaster that did 
this before. So it really like it was one of those things that like caught me, caught me off guard. Um, because you're on the roller coaster, you're doing all the usual stuff, and then what happened was it just like out of nowhere just came to a stop and went backwards. Um, and I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? It was great, right? Um, but tonight we're thinking about the power to change my path or a complete change of direction. That's what that roller coaster was. Uh, we were completely flam one way and suddenly out of nowhere just bang, stop, and back the other way. Um, and I remember when I was leaving school, um, I was completely set on I was going to be a teacher. So I thought, I'm going to Stranmillis College. I'm going to be a teacher. Like it was, it was the only direction I was going in, the only direction I could see. Um, but the time that the A-level results came out, in, in the space of two weeks, I was studying at Bible College. And my whole, where I thought I was going in life, had completely shifted. Um, a change in path. And of course, we heard Glenn's story tonight. Um, a complete change in, in where his life was going. Uh, and how God completely turned his life around. And I want to share this with you tonight, guys. When you encounter Jesus, your life will change and your path will change. And listen, it mightn't always be as dramatic as the story we heard tonight on stage or the story I'm actually about to share with you because this over these few days we've been exploring characters in the Bible or moments in the Bible where, where, the, where there's been a real change uh, and God has just stepped in and, and brought change. And, um, you know, but it might not always be that dramatic, but the, the, the little story we're going to think about tonight is one that, that, that really is. Uh, and so what I want to do is, is think about um, the story of, of Paul in uh, the book of Acts. Okay, and there's some verses will come up on the screen, and I, I want there's more verses tonight than normal, but I want you to follow the story. I'm guessing some of you will know it, um, some of you maybe not so familiar, but let let's follow the story. Now, this guy changed so much that even his name changed. He was known as Saul when the first time we meet him in the Bible, he is Saul, um, and then today we would know him as Paul. So even his name changed. But when the first time we read of him. Um, here is in Acts 7, 58, we, we see Saul, a young man named Saul. And what's happening in this moment is the, they've got this guy, Stephen, a follower of Jesus, and they're stoning him to death. They're killing him. And Saul is there, and it says that these people came and laid their coats at the feet of Saul. Like, he's watching on, and he's happy with what's going on, right? Because Saul was somebody who didn't like people who followed Jesus, right? Or as what was known as people of the way, right? He didn't like it. So here they are. They've got one of these guys, Stephen. They're stoning him to death. And they're laying their coats at Saul's feet. And then you read on into the next uh, chapter in Acts chapter 8, verse 3. This is what it says. He made havoc of the church, entering every house, dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Just picture it, right? Here he is. He is like, he is like hell-bent on what he's doing. He's going into people's houses and dragging them out, saying, like, you follow Jesus? Pull them out because he's put them in prison. Like, this is... Now, if you knew this guy then, I think you would probably stay, stay well away from him, right? Um, so, like, this is, this is the kind of guy he was, okay? And... Um, 
read on in the chapter 9, at the very start. So just doing a quick wee uh, journey through these chapters. I encourage you to go and read them for yourself. But the start of chapter 9, it says, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. So here, like, he's, he's breathing out threats, and he, he wants to see these followers of Jesus, these Christians, stopped. Uh, and so then it says that he, he went to the high priest. And why, why is he going there? Because he wanted to get a letter. He wanted to get authority so that he could take all these believers, these Christians, and, and, and put them all in prison. And that would be the end of it. And then, actually, just a few verses later in the same chapter, we read of this moment where he has this encounter with Jesus. A wee bit like what Glenn had on the bridge. But here's Saul now on this road to Damascus, on his way to get permission to throw Christians in prison. Remember, he's been dragging them out of their houses. He's been doing all sorts of stuff. And on this road, he has an encounter with Jesus. We were just singing about how he, he brings light to the darkness. And as he's going down this road, this light shines. And he's blinded, and he has this encounter with Jesus and realizes that actually the way he's been living has been completely wrong. And in that moment, Jesus does something in his life. It's, it's, it's transformed. He's actually blinded for, for three days. And we don't have time to go into all the story. We encourage you to go and read it. Um, but but it, it's actually interesting that later in the same chapter, okay, in verse 20, later on, this one says, immediately, at once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Talk about a change of path, right? You see where he was going? You see his attitude? You see what he was doing? And suddenly, now, after an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, right? Now suddenly he's, he's preaching the very message that he was persecuting people for. A complete turnaround in the life of Saul, or Paul as we'll call him. And, and actually then what, what follows through the, the book of Acts is we read of, of just lots of Paul. There's other characters in there, but lots of it's about Paul, about his mission. Now he's going on missionary journeys. Now like he, he's planting churches and all this amazing stuff that's, that's going on. And it's like, it's one of those moments when you think, like have you ever seen someone and thought like, Ah, there's, there's no mission. There's no mission they'll ever become a Christian. Like, maybe that guy, maybe her, but like him, there, there's no way. Like, he's almost beyond God's reach. I remember we were doing a program in a school, and that we, we had this game, and it was called The Shot of the Ages. And we had this, this board, and it was this tiny little target, and it was so small. And you had to stand so far away with the wet toilet paper and just, like, wing it at this little tiny spot, right? And we called it the shot of the ages because there was no chance you were hitting it. In fact, we said to pupils, we'll give you 50 quid if you hit it. And all the pupils are like, aye, mate, come on. Like, like going over there somewhere. And, right? No one could do it. And there was a girl I work with, Steph. And like, I just rue the day this ever happened, right? Because honestly, she couldn't throw for peanuts, right? And I'm a pretty good throw. 
But out of nowhere, Steph, boom, right on the spot. My goodness, like all day, every day, that's all I heard was I hit, I hit the shot. Like there was no chance she was hitting it, and she did. Now, there might be some people you look at and say, there's no mission. There's no mission they'll ever become a Christian. Like they're, they're too far gone. I'm sure people looked at Glenn walking down the road with his hood up and went, nah, never him, mate. Never him. People with Paul would have said there's no chance. Like he's the guy throwing them in prison, right? He's the guy doing all that. There's no chance. But let me tell you this. No one, no one, absolutely no one is beyond the reach of God. No one. And so please, please hear what I'm saying. Do not rule yourself out. Do not rule anyone else out. Because once you understand how great and amazing the grace and the love of God is, it can reach anyone. And so tonight we see this transformation of rebellion to repentance in the life of, of Paul. Um, there, you fast forward through the book of Acts and you get to chapter 26. Of course, we've been following the life of, of Paul and now suddenly he's on trial. They've dragged him in from the high priest and he's on trial for the way he's been behaving, what's been going on. And there's two guys, there, a guy called Festus and a guy called King Agrippa, and they're questioning him. And they want to hear like, about his story. Like, this guy, like, we've heard of him. We've heard of the stuff he got up to, right? So we want to find out for ourselves what on earth's going on with him. So they start questioning him. And, and Paul shares his story. Again, a wee bit like Glenn shared his story tonight. He, share, he starts sharing his story with these guys. And of course, they're, they're high up men, they're leaders, right? And, and Paul starts sharing about the difference that Jesus has made in his life. And it's, it's fascinating because these two guys have, have very different responses to what they hear in Paul's story. The Festus, he listens and he's like, he says, Paul, like, I, I think you're a bit mad. I think you've lost it, right? But King Agrippa, he says something that there's always... It's always captivated me in what he said. He says this, Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. It's like as he looked at Paul and saw the change in his life, as he heard him share his story, he's like, like you, you almost persuade me here. Like when I hear you, your story and see the difference in your life, like something was beaten in his heart. See, the message version, I love the way it puts this. It says, keep this up much longer and you make a Christian out of me. That's what King Agrippa says to him. Like, Paul, if you keep going here, like, honestly, and I, I keep listening to the difference in your life, I'm going to have no option to, but to become a Christian. Um, it's a fascinating journey. And I encourage you to read through the book of Acts. Think a little bit about this story of, of Paul. But tonight is all about the power to change your path. And we've been finishing with that question every night. What about you? It's okay listening to Glenn's story. It's okay thinking about Paul. But the truth is, what about you? And when I, when I say you, I mean everyone in here. Leaders, young people, everyone. What about you? See, here's the thing. The Bible is clear. The Bible I mean, you might look at life and think, well, there's lots of different directions to go. The Bible makes it simple. 
It talks about two paths. That's it. And you're either on one or you're on the other. That's it. There's, there's a broad road and there's a narrow road, right? There, there's a way with God and there's a way without God. There are two paths. And the question tonight is, which way are you walking? Which path are you on? Which path are you on? And remember, this is, this is about you. It's not about the person next to you. Right? It's not about a family member at home. It's about you sitting here. What path are you on? And, you know, not every story needs to be as dramatic as the two stories we've listened to tonight. My story is a very simple one, but equally as amazing. I became a Christian when I was 14. Um, I grew up in church all my life. I knew the Bible inside out. Uh, I went to church every week. You know, I prayed, did that stuff. But it wasn't until I was 14 when I realized, actually, what was needed was a personal relationship with Jesus. It wasn't just going to church to take a box. It wasn't just knowing a Bible story in my head. But actually, it was about a relationship with him. And so at the age of 14, I remember at a, at a camp, a wee bit similar to, to, to this kind of vibe, I remember one night just praying to God, really for the first time from my heart, saying, God, I am sorry. I am sorry that I've tried to do life my own way, do my own path, but now I want to walk your path. I want to follow Jesus come into my life and save me. And that night of 14 was the start of me walking a different path. There were no flashing lights in the sky. There was nothing overly dramatic other than I remember. I remember this deep sense of peace that I'd never felt before in my life where I was like, oh, something, something has happened here. And I remember it so clearly. And so the question is, uh, what about you? See, repentance, repentance is, is about coming to God and, and, and saying sorry. But the heart of the word repentance and what it's about, it's about turning and going the opposite direction. A bit like that roller coaster that I was on that just stopped and went bang, right? Coming to God in repentance and saying, God, I'm, I'm sorry and, and I want to follow you is about a change in direction, a change of path. And I just really want to challenge everybody in the room tonight. What path are you walking? Who are you following? There only are two options. The Bible makes that clear. And you know, some people, we had the, the, the question box that we put out the first night, and some people were asking questions. Um, one of the questions that, that, that was put in was, how can God love everyone if not everyone gets to heaven? It's like, that's a good question. If God does love everyone, but he wants us to love him. And the love requires free choice. You can't force someone to love someone else. He doesn't force us to love him, so he gives us free choice. And we choose. And here's the thing. He loves us, but we have the choice whether we love and follow him. And he's not going to force anyone to love him. And why on earth? Would he force anyone who doesn't want to follow him here and now 
to then spend eternity with him. The choice is you. And so that question, although it says like, if, if he loves everyone, then why doesn't everyone get to heaven? Well, because he's given us choice. Okay? And the choice is yours. And someone asked a question, which I thought was great. He said, how can I feel more worthy? Here's the truth. None of us are worthy. None of us are ever good enough. Whether it's me, whether it's Glenn, whether it's Paul, no matter who we are, none of us in and of ourselves will ever be good enough to earn favor with God, to deserve his, his grace and his mercy. Never. But that's why it is grace. It is it's a free gift for us, right? That he loves us despite all our feelings and all our mess-ups. None of us will ever be good enough in ourselves, but that's why Jesus came and lived the perfect life because he was good enough. And he died in our place so that we could receive that forgiveness, we could come in repentance and walk a different path in relationship with God. And so tonight, I just want to give you a very simple opportunity to respond. One of the reasons I think I didn't become a Christian earlier because remember, growing up in church and understanding the Bible, at 14, at that camp that I was at, was the first time someone had been probably as direct as I'm being with you tonight. And the first time someone had actually asked me, are you a Christian? Why not? I'm like, I don't, like, I get all this, but I don't know why. It's like, well, here, tonight's the night because someone was direct enough and bold enough to ask me. And so I want to give people an opportunity to respond tonight, okay? And so let, let's, we're going to pray together. Um, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Maybe the, the worship team can come back up for me. would be great. And, and everybody in the room, let's, let's, let's do this. Even if you're not interested, um, let, let's respect this moment. Let's close our eyes. And we're going to pray. And I'm going to pray a prayer that... It's very similar to the, the kind of prayer I prayed that night at 14 years old. And it's a prayer just committing our life to God and saying we want to follow him. We want to walk a different path. And if you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, maybe you want to pray this prayer for the very first time. And this is, it's not about just saying a prayer. It's about from your heart praying to God connecting with him right or, or maybe maybe you're here tonight and you know what we've been like my story you've been, you've been in church maybe you're here with a church group maybe people think you are a christian but you've never actually made that decision to follow jesus for yourself and maybe tonight is that night so let's pray let's close our eyes we're going to pray and just pray this with me if that is you now, you don't need to pray it out loud. Just pray it with your heart to God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you love me. Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for me. And tonight, I want to follow you. I want to turn from everything that is wrong and surrender my life to you. Forgive me for every sin, every failure. Fill me with your love and with your spirit.
thank you for loving me. And tonight, I want to walk a different path for the rest of my days. And I pray that in Jesus' name. I want everyone just to keep your eyes closed for me. And just if you're here tonight, because it's really important that this isn't something that's just kept private. It's not like something we hide away, but it's important that we, we share with people and we get help on this journey. If that's you tonight, and, and you maybe prayed that prayer for the first time to become a Christian, or maybe you've, you've just felt like you've wandered a little bit, and, and tonight was like a moment where you're like, no, I'm just recommitting my life to God, then please, just where you're sitting, so I can see it, no one else is looking around, please just lift up your hand so I can see it. We'd love to, to know if that's you. Thank you. Brilliant. Is there anyone else in here? This is between you and God, but it's just important that, that we know. So we can have, once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Thank you. Is there anyone else here? Yes? Brilliant. Thank you. Anyone else? God has been speaking in this tent over these last meetings. I know it. There's already three people there who say, yes, tonight is a night I want to follow Jesus, surrender my life to him. And, you know, Glenn talked about the night when he became a Christian and his hand flew up and and it's like, it's, of course it's not like, a hand going up doesn't make you a Christian. It's, it's, it's following Jesus. But we want to know, we've got some literature at the back, we've got some people that, to encourage you and, and help you with that. So one last time, before the guys lead us in words, was there anyone here and, and you're like, that's me. Just stick your hand up. Great, thank you. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Let's all stand together. Let's stand. Okay, the guys, the guys are going to lead us in one last song. Okay? Listen. Shh, 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 shh. The guys are going to lead us in one last song. But for the guys that, that put their hands up there, it's really important. Listen to me, okay? There's some guys at the back on the sofas. We have some little books there. It's called Next Steps. It's, it just means like, what's next? Now I'm a Christian. What happens now? They're little books to help you and give you some guidance. So if you go back there, the guys can give you that and give you a little John's Gospel, pray with you, encourage you. Or if you're here tonight, you've still got some questions. Or maybe you were like, oh, I didn't put my hand up, but I want to talk to someone. I want to pray with someone. Then the guys are at the back, okay? So they're going to lead us in song. As they start to sing, I want those guys just move, go down and, and chat to them. I'll go down to the back as well. Um, and feel free. If you did put your hand up and you're like, no, I want to go, then go, okay? This is a safe space. It's the most important decision you will ever, ever make in your life. Let's do it. Thanks, guys.